Hello, this is the Blast Report podcast on all things blasting. My name is Evan Tebow with New Wave Consulting, and I want to thank all the Drill and Blast teams along with those supporting them who are out there on the pattern. The production team at Blast Think and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of the Blast Report podcast. I said Western Pennsylvania was like the Wild West. cow. It was the Wild West. I mean, I was lucky because coming in there with the new product, I could go to Danny and I sit there and I sit down at the house and I drew up a whole bunch of patterns with 42s and 72s and or 17s and da 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 da. And I put a little manual together and made like 30 pages or whatever. And I went to Danny Kahn and I said, you know, what do you think about this? He said, oh my God, this is wonderful. In other words, in other words, I, I, I can take this out with my blasters and if they have a shot that looks similar to this, they can, shoot, they can just follow that timing because it was new. You know, I mean, I, I remember working for Peabody Cole and, jo- and Daryl Brown. I probably still have one of those pattern books. Nick, if I've <laughs> been through my boxes enough, I'm sure I do. Okay. Well, Daryl Brown uh, came out and he said, we're going to shoot non-electrics today. We're going to put 42s down the face. We're going to put 25s back. I said, whoa, no, 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 no. You you can't do that. And he said, no, that's right. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You put 42s, they're all going to go off the same time. And he said, no, this is not. I mean, so I remember... You know, mm-hmm. as feeling that way, like you can't. So when you went and talked to an electric cap guy, you can't be putting the same damn cap at the same hole. Because they're called number 42s. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. so uh, I remember that. But, but Western Pennsylvania in 1980 through, well, through the 80s was the Wild West as far as distributors and characters. God, I mean, you know, for as a. Uh, we, we always called. Earthquake Ernie is what. Uh, uh, Mike we always Caleb called talking about Mick. We always called uh, easy debts dummy debts. Dummy debts, so easy, mm-hmm. so easy. Dummy can do them. Yep. They yep. Just snap them. All together. I know is you hook this one up. It's gonna shoot before this one shoots. Yep. Yep. Just hook them up. Let's see who was that uh, uh, there in uh, north of Indiana, PA. It's another Dupont distributor, uh, Stockdale and Means. Yeah. Stockdale Steve. and Means. Yep. Steve Means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steve Means. Yep. Yeah. And. Uh, God, I mean, these guys were every 20 miles. Yeah, just about. They were literally, a, you know, and... Uh, well, there's a lot of haulers within 20 miles. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a... the Who were the Italian boys up in Clarion? Tyler uh, Brother, The Tyler Blasting? Tyler, yes, Tyler Blasting. And yep. they were Italian. Yep. You're right. Tyler Blasting. Yeah, I, you know, got along well. I, I brought up a, a video camera. And it was a what? A video camera. And you push the button on it, and it actually takes a picture, and then I can roll it back, and you can actually see it in here. You're shitting me. <laughs> you know? I mean, in 1980, 82, that was like, what? You know, because you, you movie cameras, and mm-hmm. Mike, you went through a bunch of this, high-speed cameras. God, we burn up a bunch of film wrong. Man, oh, man. High-speed cameras. Mm-hmm. No, because it, it ripped that through there in like four seconds, yeah. you know? And so if you didn't, you had to time it, to turn the switch on and zzz, it'd rip it through there. Well, the video camera, we would get 35 milliseconds per frame, which that wasn't a high speed. I got it. And, and of course, the big boys would always criticize. I mean, they, 
the, the big boys didn't want to do anything, but they wanted to criticize those who mm -hmm. did. And so they were saying, you can't, you know, so you can get an idea how the blast goes. I mean, I can see if something goes out of sequence. You know, in other words, I'm, I'm videotaping this shot. And but anyway, the, the Tyler Blasting guys, they there were certain people that just really love that. You yeah. know, the, the videotaping and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, now, you know, on that same subject of videotaping and technology, that was unheard of for you guys. And now it's pretty common for people to have a video camera from the I back can do slow-mo on this. Yes. Yes. On my on my smartphone. And, which... and we see it every night on the news. Oh, people, yeah. you know, just clicks this up and they've just yep. caught this yep. volcano or whatever. Yep. You know, I mean uh in the last five years drone photography. So you can actually get something from above mm -hmm. and see the muck pile movement and you can see some witnesses fire at the back end of your dual delays. So, you, you know, you can essentially walk a pattern, uh, you know, with the camera at the beginning before you go up there. Um, and it's pretty unbelievable being able to access if you're shooting from a hillside where you don't have ability to put a camera up. And if you have a drone, you can now actually film a shot that you would not previously have been able to take, make any scientific decision unless you had video of it. Yes. One of the, I think from a, from a perspective, I guess the other side of that is, is from understanding what we're actually the blasting, the being able to re record without having to have a little production involved in it, uh, blast is, as, is again, one of the largest advances we've had because you can actually see in real time what a blast actually does. And the quality of it is Nick, Mick was saying 35 frames. I mean, wow, that was just a, about 35 milliseconds per frame was just incredible. But <clears throat> I can set this thing up and I can shoot five milliseconds a frame. Mm -hmm. Correct. So Correct. the point is, is that 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 is that is understanding. So electronic detonators and the the quality of the video that we get from from blast now. Those two things are the things that have really really brought us leaps and bounds forward to where we were. 30 years ago, 40 years ago. We didn't, we had a freaking camera that put on a tripod that took a frame every half second. Mm -hmm. And we thought that was really cool. Once you got the it film, was really cool. once you got the film developed, we thought it was really yeah, cool. Once you yes. got it developed, yeah, yeah, we had to actually mail it off. Mm -hmm. And and we used to ship in southern Indiana, we would ship it down to Louisville to mm -hmm. get it done and bring it back. And so you'd tell people, probably next Thursday, Friday, we'll You'll have see how it works. Yeah. 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 So that has created, now, I'm not convinced that we still know everything that we should know because Mick will go out and shoot a shot and he may shoot 30 milliseconds down the face and 90 between rows. And I'll go out and I'll shoot a shot. I might shoot 17 down the row and 67 back. Well, both of them have good results, but the question is, are we both wrong? Is that the reason why the results are so are similar? Because we both can't be right. So I still think there's a lot of a lot of um, artistry. Yes, in the science. Yes, that has to be involved in to see exactly. Now, the other part of that of this is is that, and again, you asked me what's the hardest. Somebody said what's the hard, that's the hardest record. No, the 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 it's understanding 
exactly how rock reacts to explosives and knowing what to do with that in order to create the best, the best results in the blast. The thing, if you really, really, really want to understand blasting, you can't, you cannot just think on the surface. You have to think in the rock. You have to be able to see, see it three-dimensionally. If you want to be a, if you want to be a, that's fine. If you want to go out and load holes and just make this hole go off before that hole, that's great and get paid for it and go home. That's great. But if you really, really want to understand blasting, you have to think about it in three dimensions. You just can't think about it, think about it in two. And that's the, that's the difference between what makes a blaster and what makes a professional blaster are those two things. You give a guy that's good at this, take him to a quarry he's never shot before. You give him three shots, he'll come damn close to having it figured out. He may not have in three, but he will get close to it in three shots. I've walked into quarries that guys have shot for years and have not figured it out mm -hmm. because they're not, they're not, they're just blasters. They just get paid to throw powder in the ground and make it go off and go home. So that's the difference. What would you um, want to like, if you had an opportunity to reduce a variable on a pattern in today, what would be one of the variables that you want to minimize now? For example, with technology, not just blast design, blast design. That's absolutely paramount. We have the technology to create the perfect blast, but I think where we're lacking is proper application of blast design. So is there a difference between a 13 by 15 pattern and a 14 by 13 pattern? Or what is the relationship between the holes that dictate the outcome of the shot. So the drilling is the drilling is the most critical part of the process because it starts the whole process. So if that there's just so much we could talk about this stuff because <laughs> I, I've seen yeah. I've seen I've seen patterns that if I did a three quarter offset that the shot became much 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 better than a full offset. So what I'm saying is is that if I'm drilling a stagger pattern on a 15 by 13 pattern, well, that 15 may not be exactly in the middle of six and or around, may not be in the middle of seven and a half on my pattern. It may be nine to one side. So it really, that's when you really have to understanding the, the rock structure and what's the best relationship between the holes. And some of the stuff sounds completely crazy, but in particular in, in granite formations, not so much limestone formation because limestones are pretty predictable. But when you run into parts of the country, well, it doesn't matter if it's New England or whether it's the Rockies or the Cascades or whatever, it's the relationship of that blast design and the timing. You got to tie all those pieces together to come up with a, with the best shot. So it's it's really, I would say blast design is the thing that we have to figure out now in blasting. And you just don't go out and say, okay, this is the pattern, this is what we shoot, go drill it, everything's cool. That's not it. There's a real fine line between maximizing the amount of rock you shoot per pound of explosives and a shot that'll actually freeze on you. It's there's real fine. Most of our industry, we probably overshoot rock by 20-25%. And the reason being is, is to compensate for those errors. So we don't really push it out really push it out to the end of the envelope because we did that. I'll give you an analogy. Several years ago, I'm going to say mm, late seventies, early eighties, I think it was Muirfield up in, up in, up in uh, Ohio. Uh, the lightning storm came over 
uh, lightning strike sent three professional golfers to the hospital. I forget exactly who it was, but anyway, they made big news. So they asked Lee Trevino, they said, well, Lee said, uh, you know, in light of this, when a lightning storm approaches, what do you do? Lee Trevino was a professional golfer. He was a Latino from, from Texas, just had a great sense of humor. He said, I just take my one eye on my bag and stick it straight up in the air. And they go, but doesn't that attract lightning? Lee said, hell no. Even God can't hit a one iron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so my point is, is that, again, we have a tendency in explosives business to overshoot rock because it covers up some of those errors. I can go out and hit a six iron all day long, but I cannot hit a one iron. And that's my point is that we have a tendency to shoot just to compensate for those things we don't know. We think we're getting great shots and we are getting great shots, but we're not getting the best shots because we've not extended the powder, the work of the explosives as far as we possibly, as far as we possibly could. Again, we could not do this before the electronic detonator uh, came into the market because it's too much of a variable. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Well, back to your point, Mike, uh, talking about the blast design, uh, you could have a perfect design, but if you have an imperfect detonator, it just wiped you out. I mean, exactly the drilling's right. the same way. I mean, the idea that I need to drill this hole from collar to bottom, but if all of a sudden a hole deviates away, you've just wiped out my design. Yes. You know, and I try to emphasize that to the, because drilling used to be, yeah, just get some holes drilled. No. And now we're saying, wait a minute, if that hole's not where it is, you know, then we, yeah. uh, you know, we've got Good blasting on. comes from some good drilling. Which know? we're, what's interesting, and I haven't been around it enough to watch the smart drills, mm -hmm. what they are, but I'm assuming they are very accurate. Oh, they're absolutely incredible, Mick. You can actually get a down, you can actually download a log from them that you can see what the penetration rates were. The deviation penetration was for every foot. Yeah. You can you can cut it down to six inches if you want okay. because they have enough computer power on them to generate that kind of information. It's just it's just amazing. Well, and as you know, in the coal fields especially, you could have half a dozen different rock formations in that high wall. Mm -hmm. Now in Chicago and a quarry, no, it's pretty solid limestone. Uh, and of course, we're all hoping for solid, consistent rock. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Appalachia was always, it was incredible there, you know, in the Appalachia watching those foals. God, you mm -hmm. know how it heaved that thing up. And, and, and there was coal seams that were almost vertical. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were, should have been horizontal, but they heaved mm -hmm. up, you know. And you're thinking, man, that had to be a wild day whenever, whenever earthquake-wise, yeah. you know, when it's pushing up the entire mountain range you know and then now you come in now you're going to drill it and shoot it you yeah. know and 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 it's so it's it's not only tilted this way it's tilted some you know exactly other way and uh so so i guess my point is the tools the tools uh, i think the tools are out there the question now is where do we go to figure out how to use them because we have every we have all the tools at our disposal from the high-speed video to the accuracy of the uh, electronic detonators to the onboard computer that logs the drills, uh, drill holes as well. So the question is, how do we take all of that and create, and I'm just not, ta I'm not talking about your standard PAT, just driller office and your hole goes here. I'm talking about actually understanding what is going on 
in the ground and design your blast based off of that, based off that knowledge. Absolutely. Yep. Good. Good. Well, Mike, thank you so much for oh, being sure. a guest you on the show. No, wow, it was great. I really appreciate you know hearing some Probably good stories. Too long, but no, it's know. good. No, no we'll cut is. we'll cut it up into some different uh, into different episodes. So we'll do thirty minute episodes, sure. and we'll we'll edit it up. Uh, the team and um, from Blast Think that's in yeah. We'll Portugal. see you at six thirty in the morning. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blast Report podcast. I want to thank the team at Blast Think for producing this show. And please follow along for more episodes in the future and share this podcast with your colleagues so we can continue to honor our industry and the people in it. Be safe and have a blast.